The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Coaching can help you gain deeper understanding of challenges that may be holding you back. You may not realize that there are others who may be successful and operating successful businesses who share some of the same challenges that you are facing. Welcome to Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. Our program will look into the individuals and their challenges and show how the coaching process may be what they need to find the root causes of these challenges within themselves and learn to work through these challenges in order to find success. Now, here's your host, Ronald Graves. Hello. Welcome to Coaching for Real, brought to you by Poema Leadership Institute, the show that brings you real people, real challenges, and real breakthrough. Again, I'm your host, Ronald Graves, and this show is about you. Coaching for Real is on the Voice America Business Channel to help you discover your masterpiece and live into your greatness. Let me ask you two questions. Who do you believe a coach is? What do you believe a coach does? There may be as many different answers to those questions as there are listeners right now. You might know someone who is a coach. You might have your own coach. Or you might know someone who has their own coach. The word coach is used to describe a number of different people. There are sports coaches, life coaches, business coaches, performance coaches, and many more. What do they call what they do coaching? Instead of, say, teaching, or training, or leading, or consulting, or even mentoring. What do these people all have in common? You see, very early in life, we're taught that everything we need to learn can be found outside of ourselves, such as from our parents, our grandparents, or other relatives, our teachers, our friends, our travels, and from places like books, videos, television, and even radio. And then later in life, we learn from the classroom, the internet, blogs, podcasts, seminars, workshops, conferences, and so forth. And we learn from people who fill the role of teacher, author, trainer, manager, leader, consultant, mentor, and so on. And that's all good because everybody should be learning and growing every day. And there's an unlimited amount of knowledge to be found all around us. But for the challenges you're currently facing in your life, And in your business, there is one source of answers, other than God, that is far superior to what you can find in the world of knowledge, and that source is you. Let me explain. Understand that you were created to be great. There is a masterpiece, a poema, within your DNA that is just waiting to be discovered and unleashed. And that is what coaching is all about. Unlike teachers, consultants, managers, and mentors, who are all very important, A coach enables you to develop a greater sense of self-awareness so you can see your challenges from an entirely new perspective and then draw upon your internal greatness to reach the next level. Coaches do not bring you the answers because they know that the best answers lie within you. Now, this is where I usually describe our show format. But for today's show is a little different because I'm taking off my coaching hat and putting on my leadership hat. Instead of helping you find the greatness that lies within you, I'm going to pour into you as a leader. A couple of weeks ago, I introduced my new MP3 release called Nuggets of Leadership. During that broadcast, I took our listeners through three of the seven nuggets in the program. Today, I'm going to continue by covering the remaining four nuggets. So sit back and enjoy the program. Hello. And welcome to the Nuggets of Leadership series presented by the Poema Leadership Institute. My name is Ronald Graves, and I want to thank you for tuning in to Coaching for Real as we debut this new program comprised of seven lessons, referred to as Nuggets, based on the book Leadership Gold, Lessons I've Learned from a Lifetime of Leading by Dr. John C. Maxwell, copyright 2008. Material from the book has been combined with John's personal teachings, Lessons from John Maxwell Team Vice President Scott Fay, 
and personal stories from my leadership journey to produce the final product. So we'll begin today's program with nugget number one, discover and play to your strengths. I want to start this lesson by asking the following questions. Number one, what are you best at? Number two, how do you become best at it? And number three, how do you best serve others with it? Take a few seconds to think about your answers. What are you best at? How do you become best at it? And how do you serve best serve others with it? It's imperative for your success that you find what you do well and keep on doing it until you can say emphatically, this is the one thing that I do. So my question to you is, are you living to your full potential? See, there'll be times in your career when you'll feel frustrated because you're trying to do too many different things. In addition, people's expectations and your responsibilities and obligations may be well outside your strength zone, leaving you feeling ineffective. Can you all relate to that? I certainly can. That's where I found myself several years ago when I realized that I wanted to start my own business. I began studying virtually every day, so I become an expert in the areas in which I wanted to consult. I would study one topic for several months, and then I'd find another area that I thought was important and start studying it. After a few years, I felt that I was knowledgeable in enough subjects that I could solve most organizations' big challenges. Armed with all this expertise, I launched my consulting company and started networking with business leaders. When I was asked what I did, I told them that I was a business consultant and then started rattling off all the different areas in which I could be of service. Most of the people I talked to appeared to be impressed, and we exchanged business cards. But no one bought my services. I couldn't figure out what the problem was. If any of these business leaders had an issue, and they all did, all I could help them, and I could help them solve it. People were listening, but they weren't engaging. Finally, one day I was having a conversation with one of my closest networking friends, and he said something that caught me by surprise. Being very serious, he said, I don't really understand what it is that you do. Can you explain it to me? How could he say that? He listened to me tell my story in dozens of meetings. In fact, he usually sat next to me, so he had to hear what I was saying. If he truly didn't understand what I did, how could I expect anyone else to understand? That was a big wake-up call. I realized that I can't be all things to all people. So if you find yourself in a similar situation, don't get discouraged. Just keep your eyes focused on finding your strength zone. To get into the zone, you have to know where the zone is. It may take a long time to find your strengths. So whatever you do, be patient. Keep working on it. And by all means, don't give up. Success is living with your purpose and your passion woven together with a strategic plan. We can define personal success by the following. Number one, knowing your purpose in life. Number two, growing to your maximum potential. And number three, sowing seeds that add value to others. You'll be successful if you're able to do these three things. But these will only be possible if you are intentional and you work from your strengths. Find the one thing that you do well and do it. Keep doing the one thing that is your strength. You are not called to do something you have no talent for. You cannot grow to your maximum potential if you continually work outside of your strength zone. The greater your natural ability, the greater your potential for improvement and ultimately success. Some people believe that you'll be more successful in your current position if you spend time working on your weaknesses. By doing that, you'll ignore your strengths and climb all the way up to guess what? Mediocrity. You are not hired to be average. Whether you work for an organization or for yourself, People will hire you because you do one thing better than anyone else. So focus on your strengths, not your weaknesses. The final piece, living a life that benefits others, always depends depends on you giving your best. You can't change the world by performing with mediocrity. British poet Samuel Johnson said, almost every man wastes part of his life in attempts to display qualities he does not possess. So here's some suggestions to help you discover and develop who you really are. Number one, ask yourself, what am I doing well? 
people who reach their potential spend less time asking what am I doing right and more time asking what am I doing well. You see, what am I doing right is a moral question and every leader wants to do what is right. On the other hand, what am I doing well? Well, that's a talent question. How many of us are busy going through life without any regard to our talent? This question is designed to help you identify what you do well, which will lead to the discovery of your strengths. Number two, get specific. This requires you to narrow your thinking. When we consider our strengths, we tend to think too broadly. Strength is always specific. You have a strength within you that sets you apart and that makes you unique. I urge you to find it. It's worth your time and it's worth your reflection. The more specific you can get about your strengths, the better chance you have of finding your strength zone. Number three, listen for what others praise. We think that just because we can do something well, everyone else should be able to. How do people describe you? Your strengths will draw people to you. People who are successful can do one thing better than anyone else. If people are always complimenting you in a particular area, start developing it. Number four, check out the competition. There are areas where others are much better than you are. So stop competing. To stand out and to be unique, you need to differentiate yourself so that you can make an impact. Ask yourself the following questions. Are others doing what I'm doing? Are they doing it well? Are they doing it better than I am? Can I become better than they are? If I don't become better, what will be the result? The answer to that question is you lose because the competition is working in their strength zone and you're probably not. If you don't have the talent to do something better than the competition, then don't go there. Jack Welch says, if you don't have a competitive advantage, don't compete. The flip side of that question is, if I do become better, what will be the result? This is the key question. If the reward is greater than the investment required to become better, then discipline yourself to develop it. Go there and stay there. A word of caution. Working in a strength zone is alone is not enough if you want to be a successful leader. Good leaders help others find their strength zones and encourage them to work there. We live in a changing world. We're changing. But are we changing others? The best leaders are known for their ability to recognize the abilities and the limitations of others. They use that to fit people into those jobs where they will do their best work and become the greatest asset to the organization. Peter Drucker says, organizations exist to make people's strengths effective and their weaknesses irrelevant. Success can be defined as knowing your purpose and growing to your maximum potential and sowing seeds to benefit others. John Maxwell says, not the focused on the harvest, focused on sowing seeds. If we sow enough seeds, we will reap the harvest. The sad truth is only about 20% of employees feel that their strengths are in play every day in the workplace. This is due in large part to the fact that leaders have not helped them find their strengths and place them in positions where they can be a great asset to the organization. The highest purpose of leadership is to add value to others. Finding and living in your strength zone is one way you can come alongside others and help them. If you want to be an effective leader, you must be able to develop people in their areas of strength. So how do you do that? Well, number one, study and know the people on your team. What are your people's strengths and what are their weaknesses? Are they growing and do they have more potential growth? Do they love what they do and are they doing it well? Number two, communicate to individuals how they fit on your team. What are the strengths they bring to the table? How do they complement the others on the team? Number three, communicate to all team members how each player fits on the team. You can't have a winning team without teamwork. You must take steps to help the team members to work together. Communicating to the team how all the members fit together will build mutual respect. And number four, emphasize completing one another above competing with one another. While competition is healthy, it's far more important that team members work together for the good of the team, not for themselves. So let me summarize. 
Working on weaknesses in your strength zone will always produce greater results than working on strengths in your area of weakness. Practice will not make perfect if it's not in your strength zone. When you find your strengths and you get in that zone, stay there. That's what you were meant to be. That's where the return is. When a leader finds his or her strengths and delivers them with care, compassion, and consistency, the world takes note. Everyone's purpose is connected to their strengths. This means knowing your purpose, understanding your DNA, your factory settings. It's the way you were wired to be. So who are you in your rare, special, unique form? Who are you in your sweet spot? Who are you when you get extraordinary results with little or no effort? This is your strength zone. The name of my company is Poema Leadership Institute. This name was selected with a specific purpose in mind. Poema is Greek for masterpiece. I believe that within the DNA of every organization and every leader lies a masterpiece. Since our DNA is unique, why wouldn't our gifting be unique? To get in your zone, you have to know where your zone is. Once you get into the zone, stay there. Amateurs practice until they get it right. Masters practice until they can't get it wrong. Know your strengths, become a master at it, and live in your masterpiece, your greatness. And then help others do the same. Okay, we're approaching our first commercial break. If you would like a free copy of all seven MP3 files for download, simply email me at ronald at ronaldgraves.com and type the word nuggets in the subject line, and I'll be happy to send you the files. Now, we have four nuggets to cover today in the show's three segments. So after the break, I will cover nugget number four, followed immediately by nugget number five. Sit up, so put on your seatbelts and stay tuned. You're listening to Coaching for Real on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a relationship where you're asked to think rather than being told what to think. A relationship that is focused on your potential, not your performance. This is coaching, a designed alliance where the single purpose is achieving your intended outcome. Discover that what lies behind you and what lies before you are trivial matters. Compared to what lies within you, understand that your current realities do not define your potential. They are merely your current awareness of your potential. Become your own hero. Your greatest possibilities lie beneath your current level of self-awareness. Waiting to be discovered. Choose to live into the greatness that God created for you. Discover the magnitude of what's within you so you can conquer the magnitude of what surrounds you. Your coach is passionate about helping you achieve your masterpiece at RonaldGraves.com. Again, that's RonaldGraves.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also choose to send an email to ronald at ronaldgraves.com. Now, back to Coaching for Real. Nugget number four, successful leaders are active listeners. Have you ever had your ideas ignored or had advice fall on deaf ears? I have. Way too often. So how did you feel? Think about it for just a minute. How did you feel? How do you feel about it now? I'll guess that you probably didn't feel very important. You probably felt like no one valued your input. It's not a very good place to be in, is it? According to Stephen Sample in his book, Contrarian's Guide to Leadership, the average person suffers from three delusions. Number one, that he or she is a good driver. Number two, that he or she has a good sense of humor. 
And number three, that he or she is a good listener. To be perfectly honest, I suffer from this delusion, even though I would rather not admit it. Just ask anyone who knows me well, including my wife. She will tell you that I don't score very high in at least two of these areas, being a good driver and being a good listener. One of the reasons I've not been a good listener is because for much of my life, I thought that talking was far more important than listening. I thought that I could build a strong team by pouring massive amounts of wisdom into my people while they sat quietly and absorbed all this wonderful knowledge. It took me a long time to learn that in order to become an effective leader, I had to listen first and then talk. You see, when we hear without really listening, our leadership suffers. And when we suffer, so do our followers. Understanding people precedes leading them. Leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. It's not about titles. It's not about positions on the organizational chart. We can't lead anyone without understanding them. We can't understanding, understand them without listening to them. Seek first to understand and then to be understood. We can learn something from everyone we come into contact with. So let's talk about some of the reasons why good listeners make good leaders. First of all, understanding people precedes leading them. Sensitivity to the hopes and dreams of people on your team is essential for connecting with them and motivating them. In John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, he states, leaders touch a heart before they ask for a hand. Asking for help from someone that you have no connection with is completely ineffective. Next, listening is the best way to learn. Have you ever wondered why we have two ears but only one mouth? If you fail to listen, you will dramatically decrease your learning potential. We don't learn anything by talking. Did you ever consider the fact that you can't talk and listen at the same time? Next, listening can keep problems from escalating. A Cherokee proverb says, listen to the whispers and you won't have to hear the screams. All too often we listen to what is being said without hearing what is really being communicated. You see, good leaders pay attention to the small issues. They pay close attention to their intuition. They also listen to what isn't being said, which is known as the communicated but unsaid. Think of it as the little floating bubble above a cartoon character's head, because this is really what they're thinking. When you're good at listening, two things occur. You don't get blindsided, and a crisis of such high proportions that you can't handle it will not happen. Good listening requires an honest desire to understand people. You must be secure enough in yourself to solicit honest feedback from people and not to become defensive when you're receiving it. Good leaders encourage people to tell them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. This can be really hard, definitely hard for me. Sometimes we wonder, do I really want to know? There are times when I don't want to know, even though I really need to. It's never good to be left in the dark, although it may feel a lot more comfortable, at least for a little while. But sooner or later, reality comes crashing in on that sense of comfort. Leaders like results. As we gain more authority, we often become impatient with our people. This can diminish our ability to actively listen. A deaf ear leads to a closed mind, which can damage your leadership. The higher a leader ascends, the more authority they wield, and the less they are forced to listen to others. However, this is precisely the time when listening is most critical, because the higher you are in the organization, the greater your people depend on you for accurate information. Listening enables trust. Effective leaders must be good communicators, but that means much more than just being a good talker. People have to buy into you before they'll buy into your ideas. People want to be listened to, respected, and understood. Once they feel understood, they'll be motivated to understand your point of view. When you truly listen to your people and apply what you hear to making improvements in the organization, you build powerful trust. And trust is the foundation of all enduring relationships. Failing to listen erodes trust and damages the leader-follower relationship. Next, listening can improve the organization. Simply put, when a leader listens, the organization gets better. Listening can make the difference between mediocrity and excellence. Listening always pays dividends, always. The more you listen, the more you know. The more you know, the more successful your organization will be as long as you apply that knowledge effectively. To be a good leader, 
You not only think for yourself, but to listen and learn from the thinking of others. The program you're listening to is called Nuggets of Leadership. These nuggets are found by listening to the thinking of others. A deaf ear is the first sign of a closed mind. Have you ever needed an important or an influential person to listen to you? Now, this could be someone in your company or in your family or in your circle of friends. If you're like me, you're answering this question with a resounding yes. This takes us back to the very first question in this lesson that asked the talked about advice falling on deaf ears. Now you know how your people feel when they are looking to you as their leader. Are you actively listening to them? Everyone needs to be listened to, and listening always pays dividends. Always. And lastly, listening improves telling. Listening improves sharing. Listening improves hearts to hear. Listening not only benefits the person who has something to share, it benefits you as the leader. In order to have shared thinking, you must listen. Author and personal development legend Jim Rohn said, one of the greatest gifts you can give anyone is the gift of attention. Leaders need to listen before they lead. If you listen well, you will lead well. If you listen well, there is no limit to where you can take your leadership and your people. Nugget number five. Successful leaders are both climbers and connectors. Leaders have two important focuses, climbing and connecting. And there are two big misconceptions about being a leader. Number one, my title makes me a leader. That's simply not true. Having a leadership title means just that. You have a title, nothing more. And number two, climbing the leadership ladder is more important than connecting with people. Also not true. If you know you can win the race, you love to race. But if you don't believe you can win the race, you don't like to race. But you see, leadership is not a race. Climbing to the top and being the first one to get there does not make you a leader. Why? Because leadership is not a title. It's not a position. Leadership is about relationships. Now, I'm not saying not to climb. What I'm saying is just don't just climb. Both climbing and connecting are important. In fact, connecting is one of John Maxwell's 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. You touch a heart before you ask for a hand. It's that person-to-person relationship. You see, people don't do business with businesses. People do business with people. And people don't quit organizations. People quit people. The people connection is extremely important in leadership. Now, that's not to say that climbing is wrong. You can't progress by staying on a plateau. And leaders are wired to climb. They're competitive. They see opportunities and they see them before others do. And since leaders are competitive, getting to the top is just part of their DNA. So the key to leadership is not about climbing to the top. It's about the strategy you embrace to get there. If you climb to the top without connecting and taking anyone with you, it'll be a very lonely place when you finally get there. And getting there and staying there will be difficult because the people you climbed over to get there, guess what? They will look for every opportunity to pull you down or knock you off. So let's look at some of the differences between climbers and connectors. Number one, climbers think vertical, connectors think horizontal. Climbers are fixated on who is ahead of them and who is behind them on the organizational chart. They desire to climb the ladder and to move up. They will do anything to avoid moving down. Connectors, on the other hand, are focused on building bridges and moving to where the people are. They think about bringing others alongside of them on the journey. Number two, climbers focus on position. Connectors focus on relationships. Since climbers are always thinking about moving up, their focus is always on their position. Connectors, on the other hand, are focused on building relationships and building bridges. Number three, climbers value competition. Connectors value cooperation. Climbers see almost everything as competition, which means they must win at all costs. They have to end up on top. Connectors use their relationships to foster cooperation. And they see working together as a win. It's easy to see that climbers and connectors have a completely different definition of winning. 
Number four, climbers seek power, connectors seek partnerships. If you always have to win, then you crave power because it enables climbers to reach the top faster. But they don't understand that climbing the leadership ladder is not a solo endeavor. Anything you can do on your own pales in comparison to the things you can do as a team. Connectors understand that the way to create powerful teams is to form partnerships. Number five, climbers build their image. Connectors build consensus. Climbers are always concerned about their image because it's determined by other people's perception of their performance. Connectors are focused on getting everyone on the same page so they can work together to accomplish great things. Number six, climbers want to stand apart. Connectors want to stand together. Climbers want to create separation so they can distinguish themselves from everyone else. Look where I am. On the other hand, connectors find ways to draw near to others so they can find common ground and stand together in unity. If it appears that I painted an unflattering picture of climbers, that's not necessarily true because successful people have a natural tendency towards climbing. There's nothing inherently wrong with moving up, but to be successful as a leader, you have to embrace the best of both characteristics. According to a study published in the book, Why People Fail, the greatest problem professionals have is not due to their competence, but rather their ability to develop relationships. More people are released from their jobs because of their inability to get along with people than due to their technical skills. If you climb without connecting, you may end up in charge, but guess what? You won't have many loyal friends. In fact, you may not have any friends at all. The old adage will ring true. It's lonely at the top. On the other hand, if you connect well, but you have little desire to climb, you'll have a lot of friends, but no authority to accomplish anything. Balance the two, climbing and connecting, but do not sacrifice connecting for climbing. If you look back at history, you'll see that for many years, employees worked under the command and control management, such as management by fear, management by objectives, and participatory management. But we see a recent shift back to the basics that draw on ancient wisdom, including respect, developing trust, identifying vision, listening to people, and sensing the environment. John speaks about his own transformation over the years from a climber to a connector. He describes it like this. I want to win. I want to win, and you can too. I want to win with you. I want to win. I want you to win, and I'll win too. I can relate to that. Early in my career, I was strictly a climber. I didn't step on people or run them over, but I was going to get ahead based on the results of my work. I was competitive, and I still am. I was going to win. Any relationships that I developed along the way were purely accidental. I believe that once I got to the top, people would come knocking on my door, desiring to build relationships with me because of my status. It wasn't until just a few years ago that I deliberately began building relationships. I'm getting better at it, but I have to admit that I still have some work to do. So take a look at yourself. Where do you fit? Are you predominantly a climber or a connector? Are you highly positional or are you highly relational? What do you see first? What do you hear first? What do you respond to first? Is your first response about pushing and driving and cracking the whip? Or is it about your relationship with people? Do you compare yourself to others? When you see leaders who are more successful than you and are very different from you, do you ever second guess yourself? Do you find yourself thinking, I need to be more like so-and-so? They're such a good leader. In reality, you can't be that person because that isn't you. You see, the best, best leaders are both vertical and horizontal, both competitive and cooperative. Which do you gravitate to? Which do you value most? Which do you seek first, power or partnership? Which do you build first, image or consensus? Do you desire to stand away from the pack or do you want to stand together? Are you a climber who does not connect? Or are you a connector who does not climb? If so, your success will be limited because both are important. So as a leader, you either need to be a climber who happens to connect or a connector who happens to climb. Discover who you are and then become intentional about balancing both. 
climbing, and connecting. All right, we're approaching our second commercial break. When we come back, we'll conclude by by focusing on nugget number three. Forget about time management. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a relationship where you're asked to think rather than being told what to think. A relationship that is focused on your potential, not your performance. This is coaching, a designed alliance where the single purpose is achieving your intended outcome. Discover that what lies behind you and what lies before you are trivial matters. Compared to what lies within you, understand that your current realities do not define your potential. They are merely your current awareness of your potential. Become your own hero. Your greatest possibilities lie beneath your current level of self-awareness. Waiting to be discovered. Choose to live into the greatness that God created for you. Discover the magnitude of what's within you so you can conquer the magnitude of what surrounds you. Your coach is passionate about helping you achieve your masterpiece at RonaldGraves.com. Again, that's RonaldGraves.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also choose to send an email to ronald at ronaldgraves.com. Now, back to Coaching for Real. Welcome back. That last segment was broadcast at full throttle. I trust you were able to follow along. We'll slow it down just a little for the final nugget which is number three, forget about time management. I think this may just be my favorite one. So how many time management books have you read? How many seminars on managing time have you attended? If you're like me, it's probably quite a few. For the record, there is no such thing as time management. In fact, time management is an oxymoron. Time cannot be managed and it cannot be controlled. Time marches on regardless of what you're doing. Even if you don't manage it, it'll be the same amount. Try to manage it, and it won't get any better. No matter how much you try, you can't save minutes from one day and give them to the next. Science is unable to create more minutes. Money cannot buy additional hours for a day. And you can quit trying to find time because there just isn't any extra lying around. Time is an equal opportunity employer. Everybody gets 24 hours a day. No more, no less. That's 1,440 minutes and 86,400 seconds. Doesn't matter if you're rich, famous, or powerful. You get the same amount of time as everybody else. However, not everyone gets the same return on their 24 hours. You see, we don't manage time. We manage our lives. Each of your days is like an identical suitcase. Even though... They're the same size. Let's face it. Some days you do a better job of packing. We all have the same amount of time. We all have the same size suitcase. But some people are better packing their suitcases than others. Learning how to pack in the time allotted to you is critical to managing your day and managing your life. So if you can't manage time, what can you do? Well, you can manage yourself. Nothing separates successful people from unsuccessful people more than how they use their time. Successful people understand that time is the most precious commodity on earth. They know where their time goes and they analyze how they're using it. And they continually ask themselves, am I getting the best use of my time? See, we squander our time when we do things that bring us little or no return. When leaders waste time, 
they not only hurt themselves, they mismanage the potential of their people. When we do not manage ourselves effectively, we're guilty of three things. Number one, we undervalue our uniqueness by doing what other people want us to do. You see, you can be extremely busy, but terribly ineffective because you're fulfilling everyone else's expectations instead of doing what you were gifted to do. If you don't set your schedule for yourself, other people will set it for you. What is your uniqueness? Do you value your uniqueness? What is that special gifting that you have? Your leadership will go to a whole new level when you focus on fulfilling your vision. You can't do what you were meant to do if you're trying to be what others want you to be. You're the only one who can make your own unique contribution. You see, if you don't focus on your vision, people will waste your time. Protecting your calendar and learning to say no will be misunderstood by some people. In fact, it'll probably be misunderstood by most people. They won't understand that you're being very mission-minded and that you are keenly aware of what you do well and what you don't do well. You need to communicate that your time is precious and you want to make the most of it. You cannot accomplish this if you allow others to force you to live up to their expectations. Number two, we ruin our effectiveness by doing unimportant things. Have you ever watched other people squandering their day doing leadless things? Have you stood by and said to yourself, they could be getting so much more done or they could be doing better things? It's a lot easier to observe other people doing unimportant things than it is to see it in ourselves. That's why it's imperative that you reflect at the end of each day before planning your next 24 hours. Ask yourself tonight, was I busy simply being busy or was I busy doing important things today? Ask yourself where you could have improved your effectiveness and make the commitment to yourself to be brutally honest with your answers. It may be painful, but it'll take you a long way in being more efficient and more effective. This happened to me a couple of years ago as I started planning for my consulting company. At the time, I had a hobby that I thoroughly enjoyed, which occupied about four to six hours of my time each week. One day, I realized that I would probably never achieve my dream unless I spent more time on my professional development than on creating and implementing my business plan. I had to stop doing one thing in order to start doing more of what my business needed. The one thing that I could stop was my hobby. So I found myself with a decision to make. Had to evaluate how serious I was about pursuing my dream. Do I continue enjoying my hobby and jeopardize my dream? Or do I pursue my dream and put my hobby on hold? Once I put everything in perspective, the decision was easy. I packed up my hobby, stored it in the attic. It was hard to say goodbye, but it was the right thing to do. And as a result, my business began to accelerate. One day I'll know when it's time to go up in that attic and bring my hobby back down. But for now, it remains safely in storage. So let me explain and give you a three-step process you can use to judge whether something is worthy of your time and attention. Step number one. Rate the task in terms of importance on a scale of one to five. Critical, it's five points. Necessary, it's four points. Important, it's three points. Helpful, is two points. Marginal, is one point. Step number two, evaluate the task's urgency regarding when it must be completed. This month, it's five points. Next month, is four points. This quarter, it's three points. Next quarter, it's two points. End of the year, one point. Step number three, multiply the rate of importance times the rate of urgency and decide when to complete the task according to the following scale. Your score is 16 to 25, that's a critical task that needs to be finished by the end of the month. Now, if you're in the final week of the month, then that means the end of next month. If your score is nine to 15, that's an important task to be finished by the end of the quarter. Now, if you're near the end of the quarter, the current quarter, then that means the end of the next quarter. And if your score is one to eight, that's a low priority to task to be completed by the end of the year. 
One of the things you'll notice that there are no tasks that must be completed by the end of the day or even by the end of the week. Why is that? Well, because as a leader, you should be looking farther ahead than everybody else, planning your time at least a month in advance. This means being self-disciplined and avoiding reacting to crises in the moment. Now, the third thing we're guilty of is reducing our potential by doing things without mentorship or training. Anything worth doing is worth doing with excellence. You'll be amazed at what you can accomplish with the benefit of this wisdom of, of someone who is ahead of you in the journey, someone who has done what you need to do. This can make a huge difference in how productive you can be with the time you have. If you want to make the most of your time, make the most of yourself. Find someone to help you to improve your abilities and the abilities of your people. Making the most of your time is an evolutionary process. It's not something you can master in a day, but something you can improve upon daily, every day. Mastery was not, does not, is not acquired in a day, it's acquired daily. Most people will never learn it, but by investing yourself, by seeking out others, you can achieve the following. Number one, you can advance your purpose in life, your overall purpose. This helps you to grow. Number two, you can underscore your values. This brings you fulfillment. Number three, you can maximize your strengths. This makes you effective. This takes us back to nugget number one, play to your strengths. Number four, you can increase your happiness. This gives you better health. Number five, you can equip and mentor others. This compounds their productivity. And number six, you can add value to others. This increases your influence. And remember, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Author Charles Spazano writes, you really don't pay for things with money. You pay for them with time. You see, all too often we fail to recognize the reality that time is finite. Time is a resource that helps us do all of the other things. Bottom line, there is no such thing as time management, just life management. Now, I want to close this lesson with a quote from a presentation that John Maxwell did several years ago. You won't find it in the book or the study guide. He said, I have a card that I keep in my special notebook. It says, I still find each day too short for all the thoughts I want to think, for all the walks I want to take, for all the books I want to read, and for all the friends I want to see. You see, our days are too short, so make the most of the precious time you're allotted. That concludes the four nuggets that we covered today. We talked about number one, which is play to your strengths. Find your strength zone and live in it. We covered nugget number four, successful leaders are active listeners. You cannot be a successful leader if you aren't a successful listener. There are actually five levels of listening. Level one is pretty much ignoring. Level two is selective listening. In other words, we hear what we want to hear, we don't hear what we don't want to hear. Level number three, is level number three is active listening where we actually are listening in a way but we're spending more of our time paying attention to what our answer is going to be number four is proactive listening and that is we actually listen to what people are saying and we hear what people are saying but we're listening from our own perspective and number five Number five is empathic listening. We are listening to what people are saying. We're hearing what they're saying, but we're listening from our, their point of view, not ours. So thank you. This concludes our review of Nuggets of Leadership. Again, if you'd like a free copy of all seven MP3 nuggets, for free download, simply email me at ronald at ronaldgraves.com and type the word nuggets in the subject line. 
I'll be happy to email you the files. In addition, you will receive a PDF file that includes an outline of, for each nugget. You can print these handouts and complete the information as you listen to the recordings. Our show, Coaching for Real, is about you. Real people, real challenges, and real breakthrough. If you're an entrepreneur or a business leader and would like to be a guest on this show, simply email me at ronald at ronaldgraves.com and tell me you would like to be a guest and I'll send you an application. We still have a couple of opening left, openings left in our current block of shows. If you've been thinking about engaging in the services of a business coach, let me know. If you're interested in possibly becoming a coach, let me know. Send me your comments, questions, and anything else that may be on your mind. I even welcome your criticism and your, success, your suggestions, because remember, this show is about you. I want to hear from you, the positive and the constructive. Once again, that email address is ronald at ronaldgraves.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. We will be back again next week. We will see you again. It's been my sincere pleasure to add value to you through Coaching for Real. May the Lord bless you and keep you until we meet again. Thank you for listening to Coaching for Real today. Be sure to join Ronald Graves again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again very soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.